podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. Welcome to uh, another episode of the Whistleblowers podcast. Um, now, obviously, we're all Chelsea fans now, um, with the news just literally five minutes ago breaking that Chelsea look like they've dropped out of the uh, uh, the Super League. Um, I mean, I don't know how to start this podcast. The problem is Cowards. that Cowards. it's such a... Gritty, shut up. Look. It's such a fast-moving story, this, that it seems mad that we would even talk about it at all. Because by the time you listen to it, everything, you know, it might be dead or it might be confirmed to start in August. So well, I think what we'll do is we'll try and talk in reasonably broad strokes about it, certainly for the first half of the podcast, see how we get on. Uh, this is The Whistleblowers, anyway. That voice you just heard is Martin Gritton. Say hello properly, Martin. Hello properly, Martin. Good stuff. And always joining us is Gareth Dobson. Gareth, you look very pensive. I can see you on the Zoom. Are you trying to work out what's going on with this whole Super League thing? Are you maybe thinking about other stuff, personal stuff? (laughs) Basically, I'm more worried about... (laughs) I'm really angry at the fact that what should have been a brilliant day yesterday for a Spurs fan with the sacking of uh, Mourinho was... Oh, Christ, we've got that to talk about as well. Exactly, and he's like, it doesn't mean anything. And essentially, my big day got completely banjacked by... You know, the yeah. most seismic story in club football since I'm not. What's, what's happened is it, it was your wedding day, but the best man died. Exactly. So everyone's talking about that. Yeah, and I'm there going, that I'm did. still getting married. Like, ignore Bob. He's dead. It's fine. Yeah. Dead, move Bob's on. Dead, man. Get a, get a better man. Um, look, I think we. We'll always have to talk about it. There's no way we can get around this. Um, I'll tell you this. Last night, so it's now Tuesday. Just gone seven o'clock. Chelsea news has just broken. Uh, last night I watched Paul Leeds, and you know me well enough to know that I will sit through pretty much every game. I'll watch oh, yeah. everything. I love it. It can be and conference, it can be League One, it, can, it doesn't matter. I love football. The college lacrosse. Yeah. It can be, <laughs> yeah, right. Any sport, any sport. I switched over. I switched off last night after about 25 minutes because I just thought, honestly, what is the point? I just, I, I, something has clicked. That I just thought, yeah, nothing matters, Martin. Now, you're not just a football fan, Grits, you're an ex-pro. Where are you on this whole debate at the moment? Uh, well, I, I just like the as, as a fan, let's start with as a fan. Yeah, all right. I, I love the disruption element of it because I think the devaluing of being a football fan has happened, particularly at the Premier League level, quite catastrophically over the last maybe decade now whether that's kind of the next generation coming through like this that they're talking about now but i genuinely think that you are 
you're subjected to this kind of a charade that the Premier League is like the, somehow the the bastion of this is the peak of competition, this is the best it could be, and this this is just totally shattered that. But also made you realise that that's a load of load of bollocks as well, to be honest. And and also the the inequalities there. There's no fail. There's no weights and measures. There's no fail safes for that. Um, system either uh, that you know that the greed will out and it's just I find it even from a fan's perspective watching people cry about it that are that are part of this machine whether it's owners other club managers CEOs or whether it's p- pundits that are just like going don't take away my my revenue stream don't you know like a moaning yeah. manage the managers and the players are the ones i feel sorry for at the minute and i think that they they are beginning to assemble a response and i think that will be very powerful because the thing i like most is for once we see these these players and show an opinion and personality which comes alongside with the fans you know because very yes. often they feel like they're beleaguered and they're the ones under siege and now for a change, they actually seem like, hang on a minute, we're, and also getting a chance to put in some brilliant comments of their own. Sorry, Mark, I'm rambling. No, you're not at all. This this, this is good, because I haven't heard many people who have um, been involved as heavily as you have in football um, be, you know, not entirely against this thing, right? No. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. The, the point being that it's it, neither for nor against it, but it's a logical progression of the current yeah. system, uh, you know. But and- do you do you think that? I mean, so I, I agree to a certain extent. The Premier League are to blame for a part of this, at least. They're the ones that let in huge multi-billionaire uh, conglomerates from abroad to come in and, and essentially bastardize the league and do whatever they want with it. I get that. I'm on board with that. Right. And they can't be upset when those billionaires then decide, actually, that's still not enough, I want more. They must have seen this coming. But there must be a big gap between something like the Premier League happening with that breakaway to something like this, where it's a closed competition. That's my issue with it, is the competition element. Gareth, tell us why Martin's so wrong on this. Um, It's a little hard to say he's completely wrong. I, I do think his point about essentially it shattered this kind of comfortable view that you know, football was fine and it, it was it was all okay. You know, like you said, we've been moving towards this point essentially since the formation of the Premier League 30 years ago. That proves that, you know, clubs with power could essentially take control of their own destiny. The difference is they did it still within the framework of the... They stayed within the Football League. They still maintained things like promotion, relegation, and you know, all they did was reduce the size yeah. of the Premier League from 22 teams to 20. And so they played relatively nice. All they did was essentially reorganise, reorganise the top tier. But the moment that... It was a rebrand. It was a rebrand, essentially. Uh, yeah, it was. There, there was some other... It was, it was aesthetic, and then you had the Sky Sports money come in. But that's yeah. that's pretty much it, right? They weren't, they weren't fucking about with, we're going to have a closed league... There is no, there is no progression to the top. No, but they did opt to reduce the league from twenty-two to twenty teams. So twenty-four, I think it was twenty-four to twenty. And you know, so you could argue that you know, determining that we want to share uh, the revenue with fewer teams, uh, you know, starts some form of precedent. Essentially, but what it showed was is that once the top teams were interested in guiding their own fate, they realised that they did have the power and that the Football League really couldn't say anything about it. And this is a natural end. I do agree the biggest issue has been, you know, the change of ownership structures in in and the change of the type of ownership in in British football, certainly. Um I think, you know, the 
the rank hypocrisy of the government to turn around now and say this is outrageous and completely out of order when, you know, essentially there has been the fit and proper persons test in football for the last Waste 20 of years has been, yeah, it's been, it, it's not, it, it's not even a joke. It's been so offensively bad. Um, yeah. Yes. But just, just because there's hypocrisy involved, it, it doesn't mean you can, you just stop trying to make things better or stop bad things happening. Surely just because something bad's already happened doesn't mean, all oh, right, all bets are off. We just let it continue. We'll let it get worse and worse and worse. No. You said a second ago, Gareth, that this is a natural end. I don't know if you meant to say that, if it was more of a slip, but it definitely feels like an end here, it whether it goes ahead or not. Something has changed now. Uh, just sort of something structurally seems to have changed. Something's flipped in people's minds. Yes, they were getting taken advantage of before, but it was, you know, it was by corporations that they trusted. It's Sky Sports. It was whoever. Now there seems to be a different thing entirely. But, Am I wrong so, about that, maybe? A little bit, but I think some of that's down to, or a lot of it is down to perception. But the the thing which struck me uh, as quite strange is essentially what this ultimately is, is them wresting the Champions League format away from... UEFA and saying we can do our own Champions League in the middle of the week. Um, the only reason why it has impacted on the the national leagues is because there is an assumption that this would become the dominant league and that teams like Manchester United or Liverpool would stop caring. You know, the Premier League would become their secondary competition. But ultimately, you know, it's it's those leagues who've kind of said this is outrageous. We won't have it. Like there is a world where everyone would have said, well, you know what? The, the Champions League is a tired format. If you want to rein in your, your midweek league and make it a, you know, a boys club, which essentially is anyway, then yeah. it could not have necessarily been as big a deal, but it's because, because everyone is so ready to be outraged at any point. It was yes, but also the, the prize money, Gareth, the everything. The extra 300 million quid a year for every member of the European Super League would mean that the top six in England breaks away even further. The current top six, as as we were told, as the, the big European league, they're not the top six. We know that. There's all these teams infiltrating that. But if it's 300 million quid a year extra for those teams, it becomes a complete monopoly in the Premier League and there's no point in the league continuing. No, but, but what I you think... could do is, sorry, very quickly, with that, you could simply pass a rule within Premier League that you know the fair play system doesn't take into account any money earned from European football. Um, and so that three hundred million pounds can't be spent on dominating your 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 premium. If if they're willing to if they're willing, if some of these clubs and it looks like and they're not the clubs, just to reiterate, they're the owners. If some of the owners are willing to break away entirely to do this European Super League, they're certainly going to be willing to throw their toys out the pram over a, a, something like that in the contract about not spending that money. There's, there's, one, the once you allow, once you allow them to wield any power, they will never stop doing it because that's what the, the, that's what they do. Sorry, the, go on, Martin. I think the outrage is the fact that the facade that anyone controlled these clubs. We don't control these clubs. This is the point. These club, the, the, your club, the soul of your club was wrestled away with you from you 15 years ago when, when Manchester yep. fans were delighted that shake took over them. Well, this is the logical progression. Saying, you, absolutely right. The ones that said that. Well, what's and also the, the apologists for human. I mean, we won't even go into human rights. The apologists for people thinking that this wasn't something that all that time ago, and they 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 did it to buy to have success and the success mm. of whatever they perceive. And now they're 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 bleating about not having their club. Well, have these people you, you, you the watch, 
you look at any responses to Miguel Delaney, who writes about this extensively, any of the responses, and there are hundreds of people who are just saying, oh, wind it in, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is how football is these days. You can't just accept that. I'm completely on board with you there, Martin. Like, the, the soul of football has pretty much gone, which is why I do watch a lot more lower league stuff, because not just because my yeah. team's in it, but because it feels a bit more real. I'll go down to Slough Town, I'll go to Stainstead, wherever. It feels like football, rather than essentially sort of Hollywood. Yeah. This matter. is it. Things, things matter. Yeah, the, the feeling, the perception, the emperor's new clothes that things actually matter in football when actually you can just walk away from it. It doesn't matter. And it used to be about this community. And that's why I think the biggest fans, uh, the ones that feel cheated the most are fans like Liverpool fans that were, yeah. have been sold the lie that the club belongs to them. And it's like, going, this how, means more. They had that registered how, like last year. Yeah. How does it, they, they expanded their, um, they, they, they they basically expanded their uh, attendance numbers by, or the capacity, sorry, by not a large amount but to make a lot more money because it was hospitality based. These fans are, these fans, this club has become a business and it is not, you know, you can play, you'll never walk alone before the games. It's the same. Listen, Celtic and Rangers, I'm, I, I've been devoid of the soul about Scottish football for an awful long time and it's very hard to care about these games, which makes it sound even Sora and I'm lucky enough to see non-league football and to, to get up close and yeah. see what matters but, but yeah I mean the logical end of this is also the, the the deregulation of this new league Gareth I was the man that watches a lot of American sports you both watch a lot of American sports I'd love to get your opinion on this so the checks and measures that have kind of made made franchise sport work a perfect example be, being something like the draft how yeah you know that there's nothing like that that's going to exist for this. So it just becomes pure, and just by giving them the money. I mean, I don't know where to start, but Gareth, do you want to? I, I, no, I mean, it's a really how valid does this point. Compare? It, it almost doesn't compare. It, you know, it takes the the safe, you know, financially secure elements of American sport without, you know, introducing, like I said, the the rebalancing aspects. You know, one of the joys that gives American sports fans hopes in the NBA, the NFL, is that if your team is awful it can only take two years for your team to come back yeah. and, you know, be a top four team to make the kind of last stages of the knockout, the playoffs, because you're given so many opportunities, like we'll have the best player from the college system who can be a transcendental talent. You can have him next year and he can completely change the fortunes of your team. And um, I mean, so by not having that rebalancing element, it does fundamentally change it in comparison to American sports. And yeah, yeah. the other thing is that, the difference in perception is American sports was created without relegation and promotion. So it's not something that they've ever lost or mourned to them. It's like, well, that's just the way it is. We have our teams and they play. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad, but they all play in this league and that's just how it is forever. And that's fine. But to lose that potentially in what could become the premier version of, you know, uh, soccer is, is incredibly different, you know, to take yeah. away and not to redress it. That's I think I think it's uh, yeah it's an oversimplification to say oh it's like the NBA model or NFL or whatever because um, like you say from the ground up it's been built completely differently just because you know we all speak the same language as the Americans and we like similar sports it doesn't make it anything like the same thing I mean and to a certain extent you know you take out the sponsorship and 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 the 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 corporate overkill that you get in American sports and actually it's a far more 
uh, Socialist League. You talk about there the teams that finish the bottom get draft picks, which means that they get a better chance. It evens it out. You've got salary caps. You've got all these things that don't really exist in football, or certainly not football as we know it. Um, so I, I sort of think it's uh, you're just comparing two completely different things. Um, I I want to talk about the the logic that. Um, uh, the Super League are using here in order to to break away and sell it. Um, who's the who's the director of it? The Perez. Perez. So Florentino Perez has said that one of the big reasons for it is that the younger people who they're going after, they're the target audience. They don't really like watching football, and so um, they need to cater to that. Now, to me, that is an insane business model to go. We are going to gamble the future of the entire sport on people that aren't really into it and see how we can bend to their will. And there's this very sort of clear thing. at the moment. There's a clear distinction in this country anyway, of people that are into football, who watch the games, who enjoy it, who like the things around it as well. And then those that might be a little bit younger who enjoy the culture of football more so than the games, by which I mean, well, you know what I mean? Things like um, the YouTube football stuff or, or FIFA or football culture, you know, the kits and the fashion around it. And those those are all absolutely viable things to be interested in with football. But I wouldn't be going after those people if I was going to be gambling billions and billions and billions of pounds and the, uh, the, the name, the reputation of some of the biggest teams in world sport. Martin, is that, is that, is that, does that make any sense to you that he would try and do this? He's talked about shortening games. He should, it, they, they've talked about having a subscription model where you just pay for the last half hour. This it's sounds insane. mad to me. It's insane. But Perez, I don't think he's anyone that's ever been blessed that people have ever said that he's the most rational voice in football. I think um, yeah. he's found himself in an incredible position of power, which uh, I just, at, at the expense almost of the English clubs, because you've got six clubs there that are just like signed up to this off the back of a financial offer, but nothing more. Um, you're absolutely right. It's like it how must is be this... more, though. It must be but, more. He's, well, this Perez has been trying to do this for 20 years. Surely he's got more than just on. here's a financial offer. Surely he's got an well, infrastructure. Tell, you, I... tell me, Martin, that he knows what he's doing. Uh, well, I don't know if you've uh, heard of Real Madrid, but um, <laughs> they, they seem to be like a well-run business. I mean, they're gloating because they're slightly more powerful than Barcelona right now. But I tell you what, that's there's there's many bumps in the road to this getting anywhere near happening. But um, but yes. I find it. I find it interesting that this this man at um, Real Madrid has been the one that somehow um, <laughs> wangled his way in there. Is into power. It's like some kind of Star Wars dystopian nightmare. But at the same time, I I find it fascinating that okay, well, what's what have you got? What what are you bringing to the table? If 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 someone turns around and goes, oh yeah, because Disney are backing it, but then I'm like, oh well, there you go. Some some dark lord's going to come out of the darkness of broadcast and just go, we've got this covered, and there's. And do you know what? Uh, like this, it would make perfect sense why the, the timing of all of this at the end of lockdown, at the end of everything, where kind of that before the, any sort of normality returns, that the, the chances of getting this pushed through. But unless you've got sponsors lined up, marketing lined up, but branding like a proper, it just looks like you got a couple of well-written press releases, and everyone signing up on the dot because of you know. The legal offering. So, 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 you're saying there's not enough there to to be. If you're the if you're the MD of the club, you can't possibly sign up to that with with just that piece of paper. It's back of the napkin stuff. 
yeah, well, this is it. But also, you might turn around and go, well, we'll, we'll empower you. So it might turn around and might make Man United, uh, might, might make their offering. They might be the new kind of Man United eye player. It would be incredible. Yeah. Imagine being able to watch, investing in that and being able to watch any game from the last however long or being able to watch, you know. Well, I see no, I see no issue with that. I mean, again, American platform. sports have that. It, it absolutely makes sense to do that. I don't, I don't understand as much as I like Sky Sports. It, it sort of makes sense that they just have their own thing, the Premier League channel, right? The Premier League network. You pay 150 quid a year to watch all the games or you pay 100 quid a year to watch just your team's games. That exists in American sports, that model. That you know, That's a way of making money if you wanted to. There's ways that you can do it without gutting everything. And I know we know that before Sunday, before the news dropped, it wasn't like this beautiful utopia that everyone was happy in football and it was just a working man's game. We know that's gone, but this seems like a next level. Gareth... Um, I'm going to ask you both um, what you think will happen and what uh, and what you hope will happen. I'll keep them separate though. What do you what do you hope will happen with all this? What what would if you're in charge of football, all of football, what would you um, try and enact? So I mean, maybe not to answer fully directly, but one outcome which you know is maybe a little bit pie in the sky. But imagine a world where you know. The 16 teams breakaway, the six Premier League clubs are expelled and they never come back and they exist in their Harlem Globetrot world. But if the rest of football essentially went, okay, well, you have your elite sport, we're going to almost try and return back to some degree of values that we had, you know, up until 15, 20 years ago. And it did become that quote unquote working man's game. And they were like, you know what? All tickets are 20 quid now because if you want to pay 60 yeah. quid, you go to the Emirates to see Arsenal or you go to Old Trafford and you can essentially maybe have a more egalitarian game that supports 90 clubs in the, the Football League pyramid. And I wonder if the majority of people will be like, you know what? I used to support um, Spurs and now my local club is Crystal Palace because they're my local club and I pay 20 quid a week and I go see them. And you know what? Sometimes I tune in to watch... Real Madrid versus yeah. Liverpool because it's sort of interesting, but I, I, you know, everyone loves that phrase. Nature is healing itself. You know, maybe this is the point where we, you just saw off those teams who are so obsessed with their own avarice and greed and say, well, good luck. You go try your thing. And all the other clubs who essentially have been disenfranchised in a different way, go, well, this is a time where we can move up a few, a few notches up the table and everyone goes, great. We're going to go to support a local club and, yeah, we're going to invest in this more grassroots idea of football. I think that's a great answer, Gareth. Um, I think it's... My feeling on it is that that, that that might well happen, whether they break away or not. I think this has been a bit of a reset. I mean, obviously you're a Spurs fan. You're involved in this. Uh, what do you what do you make of that? Have you, have you felt any change in feeling towards the club or do you feel like you're too far in now you'll support them no matter what you'll buy tickets when you can you'll see them every week I suspect I'll still watch them play but I can see a situation where I choose a second club and you know Spurs again I'll tune in sort of watch the big Wednesday night game but I guess speaking particularly as a Spurs fan it's a very odd thing where they're perceived rightly as the runt of the litter in this Super League so they've gone from being basically the sixth best team in England being the sixth best 16th best team in their league. And it's like, I'm not sure Spurs' fortunes have changed at all. Possibly they've even been <laughs> slightly downgraded. What Daniel Levy is probably backing himself is like, well, on a level playing field, we can go and sign, you know, Messi or Raheem Sterling and we can catch up quickly. We just need a few things to fall our way. And why can't we be 
competing with uh, you know Real Madrid or whoever that year for the title. But ultimately, I think as a Spurs fan, you're like, well, we were slightly underwhelming last week, and now we're going to be even more underwhelming in a new situation next August. Well, this is this is one thing that people are missing completely. When you hear the people that are pro this and they say, well, we don't want to watch um, you know Chelsea versus Burnley, we want to watch Bayern versus Barca, whatever. Well, they forget that there will be a Burnley equivalent in yeah. that league and it will be Spurs yes. and it will be just one of those things where they don't turn for that game. Uh, Martin, what do you hope happens here? Right, so the, the, the two the two situations you talk about, utopia is reform, where the league actually has a discussion with itself and you make these people that have decided to disrupt this either powerless or certainly um, impinged upon making decisions about the rest of your league in, in a way that they've been very powerful and vocal before, you turn around and this this is a really good time to chastise them or certainly turn around and say um, uh, these clubs shouldn't be... Well, a perfect example is the fact that German clubs, the way that they're run, you look at that and you say, how can we even get anywhere near that here? The, the flip side, the, the, what I think the reality, which would be quite funny, is if it uh, is back to the future part two, where it's just kind of this horrendous um, dystopia yeah but again I just think it's almost like what the football it's, it's what it deserves the Premier League sometimes it's just I just find it disgraceful and, um, and the reason but isn't towards it, this is this breakdown of just <laughs> everything towards but it's mad it's, 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 it's mad but it, it, it's so bad that we're now seeing the Premier League UEFA and FIFA as the white knights the great saviors of the game and mm. a week ago we all hated those guys right it just shows you how bad this next should. step is I think but, 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 but we still, absolutely we still should we still, absolutely should. We still and, should and they're not on our side we know that but, no, but, this, but it's we can better than it. the alternative yeah but the, yeah. no but this is the thing I think this is our option to say actually um, they're all just land grabbing for themselves right now and terrified yeah. of what potentially could happen how do you make it known but Listen, that's that you know it, it, it does move into a political sphere where ironically Boris this Johnson's fighting for a fairer well, society. Which I'll is... t- tell you what, if, if Boris Johnson gets this league cancelled, there'll be a thousand years of Tory rule. Um the <laughs> the um the point you brought up a second ago about the German clubs, so they've got the fifty one percent ownership by the fans. I mean, maybe it is government intervention that needs to drive something like that. Um I mean I think it's unlikely because I think even though this might be, you know, the great reset of British football, I still don't think they're going to give anything away uh, that easily. Um, what imagine, I th- imagine Arsenal fans actually owning Arsenal though the worst. God, AFTV I mean, be, making decisions. It'd literally be or Liverpool fans owning Liverpool. I mean, just imagine yeah. that. It's like, oh god. Yeah, but you got to put. I don't know. I'm I'm happy with that. I'm just I'm just being volatile. Do you know what I, do you know what I hope happens? In a way, what I hope happens is that the 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 big six, although Chelsea, as we found out twenty minutes ago, half an hour ago, looked like they have pulled out. But the big five, big six, but whatever it is, cowards. if it goes ahead, Super League goes ahead, fine, that's fine. Let them do it. Let them do it. And in three years' time, when they come back, because nobody actually is interested in watching the biggest games three times a week. Let them come back with open arms. Come back. You can come back to England. But you don't start in the Premier League. You start right down in the conference and you give 75% of your home gate receipts to the opponent. And that's a way of giving money back as you go back up the divisions. That's what I'd say. I think that's really harsh. I think it's fair. And I think more, more importantly, it sends a very strong message that if you want to do this again, 
the financial penalties are absolutely insane. It is not worth you doing this. So if they don't end up going and joining the Super League, what I would have is um, I'd dock them points, I'd ban them for a few transfer windows. I'd do that anyway. Even Chelsea, who said they're coming back, I'd still they still signed up to it. I'd just yeah, like to say it's... that my, my reply to you, Mark, I is heavily dose of irony, but the last time someone tried that was in uh, uh, 1919. It was called Reparations, and it was their way of making sure that Germany would never be bad whoa, whoa, again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah, and look what whoa, happened. It was all fine, said... I think. It <laughs> worked out fine. I think, I think it was great. <laughs> uh, also, Abramovich, I remember when Abramovich gave um, basically the cop thorn, which is the you know the ground. He was like, oh, yeah. let, let the NHS stay for free. I mean, all that good PR, mate. Just all down the pan. What a waste. Yeah, what a waste! What a waste! Actually, Gareth, we saw Rangers go down to the to the lower leagues not long ago, and and uh, it can happen. Yeah. Sure. Hey, listen, um, we've we've done quite a lot on that. It's important, like I said at the start, it it's going to be changing. By the time this goes out, everything might have changed. We don't know. So, I think let's park it here for now because after the break, I want to talk about Jose. I mean, yeah, that that also happened this week. It's that it's happened. been a sort of mad week. We probably won't talk about any games actually. Uh, what's the point? Football's dead. See you after the break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. These, crazily, the second biggest bit of news this week, Jose Mourinho. Uh, finally sacked. Finally, is that the right word, Gareth? 17 months, has he finally been sacked? For, for you know, Certainly for so, some fans, it's finally. Um, I was actually a little surprised it happened this quickly. I assumed it would happen after Spurs likely lost to Manchester City in the Cup because that was all yeah. he could deliver. Would the uh, Spurs would have been a trophy. Um, but it to me, it means one of two things. It was either because... Uh, Daniel Levy has an eye on a manager already and wanted to put the signals up straight away ahead of other clubs that were available, you know, be it yeah. a, a Nagelsmann or a, um, the outgoing uh, Manchester uh, Bayern Munich, Hansi Flick, uh, manager Hansi Flick, or potentially it was a final desperate roll of the dice where things were so bad at the club morale-wise that there was no way they were going to win trophies. It's like, you know what? Maybe we'll get the new manager bounce yeah, just in yeah. time to you know, pull one out of our, our, our behinds and somehow beat Man City, which is, you know, equally possible. And you know what? The logic of that is not ridiculous. It, it does happen. So Would, you know, wouldn't Spurs, it be a romantic um, story in this awful week if Ryan Mason was to lead Spurs to a to a cup win? Yeah. Or do, is it does not matter anymore? It no, it does it, it does matter. It certainly matters because I think, especially for Spurs mm. fans, if they were to emerge from this season with a trophy and without Mourinho and be able to pin it on you know, a player who was a, a really well-regarded player at Spurs. He obviously 
didn't quite make the first team grade, moved on to Hull, had a, that hor- horrifying head injury, but then returned to Spurs and mm. has worked his way through, you know, from a, a very, uh, you know, junior role, obviously into a role of prominence. And I also, it's worth saying, it's not just Ryan Mason, Chris Powell is there as well, who is an incredibly well-regarded yes. former Brilliant, professional yeah. and manager and is Great manager. You know, yeah, yeah. Quite top, top one of the well. decent people in the game. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it strikes me as funny because usually when, you know, be it when you're dating or when you're um, in the workplace, when you fire someone, you look for their replacement to be the exact opposite of the person who you perceive to have done you wrong. And so they've gone from, you know, sort of grumpy and old and set in his ways and unpleasant to, you know, decent people and young people and, and, yeah, and fresh yeah. ideas. And it's, it'll be fine to see how it goes. I mean, obviously Spurs actually play, um, Southampton um, in the next day or so ahead of the the cup game, so we'll get an interesting idea of how how they're going to react to it. Also, it may simply have been a case of we value keeping Harry Kane over keeping uh, Jason Mourinho, so we're going to jettison Mourinho and keep trying to keep our best striker. Uh, Martin, uh, explain the timing to me. I've got a couple of theories. The first one's probably that the Super League money can now pay for Jose to go. Good time to pay him off. The second one is that, in a way, and this might be super, super um, cynical, but did Levy just use Jose and use his celebrity status to be able to get an entrance to that league in the first place? And once you've answered, I'll give some breaking news live on the show. Well, that's really interesting. I um, I don't know. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's where, did he use it? I know. Did he use, um, did he use it to... Uh, leverage did he use it to hide the story of the Super League or did he use it to um, hide the story of the Jose you know it's like, but what, what, what I would say about the Jose situation is something bad happened for him to not be able to let Jose win a trophy for him it was like almost he knew that Jose would use that in the future to go well I won this so well, I'll just take that away from you and he has yeah, done that yeah, because Mason might be well enough to equip to deal with this squad in the way that Di Matteo managed to do it for Chelsea or you know an equivalent but I don't but that is a, doing a disservice to the incredibly difficult job of being a Premier League manager. And I don't, not, no disrespect to Mason, but it's a, it's a hell of a task ahead of him. Um, but yeah, have you got an announcement for this place? Uh, well, I mean, breaking news on the Red podcast. The press. It's not it's not live, so it doesn't matter. So by the time you listen to it. But uh, yeah, so it looks like Man City have just a second uh, also announced they're pulling out. Um, so that's two of the six. I mean, this is where it's surely collapsing now, isn't it? Yeah. You've not got Bayern, you've not got yeah. Dortmund, you've not got PSG, you've not got Chelsea, you've not got Man City. Darby might get in at this point. Listen, mate, the best bit about this is the fact that an oligarch and uh, a state power are, have managed to get some good PR out of, uh, <laughs> uh, out of this yeah. disgusting debacle oh, that, they, that they're trying to moonwalk out of. I don't think this is done by any any no. <laughs> shakes. But you know what? It's made, it's made my week more interesting. So you know, I, I would just well, like I reckon... point out that the two teams who have removed themselves from this are also the two British teams still in the Champions League semi-finals. That's a very, very good point, Gareth. That's um, an outstanding point. I would have I taken suspect, a week to get to that. Yeah, I oh. suspect that, you know, not that this means that they're going to change their mind again, but I think they're like, we would really like to win this trophy. Can we please <laughs> yeah. continue to play in our semi-finals? Yeah, so the threats have worked. Shamingly. Thanks, can I just can I just thank our uh, uh, on the ball football podcast uh, um, producer um, producer Leon who who 
never misses a beat when it comes to uh, sports. So thanks, Leon, for, for pointing yeah, that that's out. That's great. I would like to uh, chastise our On The Ball Sports producer for clearly scrolling through Twitter when he should be producing our <laughs> podcast. Um, oh, hang on, some more breaking news. So it looks like Chelsea and City are going to start their own league where they play each other six times a month for the next 20 years. Well, that's something, isn't it? Um, Jose, when, when Jose got sacked... Yeah. <laughs> When Jose got sacked, there was a very quick rumour going around, and I think I sent you maybe a tweet of it, that Jose had um, had a bust up on the training field or wherever it was um, over the Super League. Now, it turned out that, was, that wasn't true, but for a brief second there, Jose was a hero again. And honestly, I swear I could see a halo around his head. I could, immediately, I was like, yeah, this guy, this, this guy, I think Jose, the doing the right thing. Why, the reason why that story was so believable was because a lot of people might have said, that is the most cynical stand you could take when you know <laughs> exactly. that you're not likely to be there in a month's time and what incredible PR work. So, I mean, that's almost that's almost the mythology of, of, of Mourinho. I do think that's sort of a comment worth making is that people, I think, sometimes credit him with a degree of cunning or, or you know, brilliant intelligence that wasn't necessarily there. We all got into our own heads about Mourinho. It's like he's he, he's an unflappable genius. You know, he's four yeah. steps ahead. He's playing five D chess, and like, no, he's I'm, just been sacked. That's all. Exactly. I, I'm not sure that Mourinho's been playing. Uh, you know, uh, six D chess for a good five or six years. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say what I said when uh, when he first came back to England to manage Spurs. I love Jose. I like him being in the league. He's a, he's a box office name. He's probably the most high-profile manager in the world. The league is better for him being in it. But I would never want him anywhere near my club. And oh, uh, I think that's what most people think, <laughs> I, th- I think. I mean, what's next for him, Martin? Is he? My thought is he'll probably go to international football where, where players aren't with him long enough to hate him. Oh, God knows what he'll do. I mean, there's an element of him that's, that has got... Uh, uh, some personality out of this. Sorry, I don't know how good my connection is with you guys. But his personality where he's got his own uh, Instagram account, he shamelessly will do anything for money when it comes to sponsorship. <laughs> so we, he might appear anyway. He might be on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. He might appear on in the next Tom Cruise film, uh, the, the shooting in space. I have no idea. But I don't think he's going to get um, one of the big clubs again for a while, just because I, I think, you know, here's a point from Alice. Well, this is it. I'll take him at Celtic if he's if he wants to come to us and just make us a, a stoic, miserable. But he's in a he's in a winner. strange bind, isn't he? Because his ego is too big to go to a a club that either isn't huge or doesn't have a huge, for want of a better word, project going on. So he's probably not going to go somewhere. I don't know. In the, in the second half, or the lower half of the Premier League, probably wasn't probably won't go to Celtic. So it's got to be international football where there's some prestige still. Surely he thinks, right? If I go and get to semi-final with Portugal or win something with Portugal, I can probably get another club job somewhere. What do you no, think, indeed. I mean, I think that um, the only other thing you could see is that uh, a glamorous team in a perhaps not quite as well-regarded uh, league. So. Um, all due respect, you, know, you could see him turn up, say Roma or Lazio, and you know a league that still has a degree of, you know, a position that still looks exciting or interesting, but ultimately is is a secondary position. Or the you know the other options are you know Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, maybe no, he's not Galatasaray. There. Stinks. No, yeah, he of does. Galatasaray. Get 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 Galatasaray. Get
that's where he's at next door. No, um, he's he, no, he's not. He's going to go to a Russian team. He's going to go to Gazprom Eleven or whatever it is. Yeah, but what's the difference between you know uh, a Gazprom Eleven or, or, or Galatasaray and the you know perennial Champions League teams who you know are essentially locked into that forever spot in the Champions League as long as it's there? And the other one is you know. He's going to go to one of two international teams. It's either going to be Portugal or it's going to be Qatar. Well, what a legacy that man's leaving. Right, listen, um, I think we should wrap it there for today. There's no there's no real point talking about football. No one's thinking about that at the moment, although my team, Derby County, are 1-0 down in a relegation Oof. crunch game. Um, I think I think we'll get hopefully get back onto normal stuff again next week. Um, yeah. But for now, let's leave it there. Gareth Dobson, thank you very much. Well, Have you got anything to plug? Uh, no, my football team doesn't exist anymore, and Brilliant. that's all I care about. Grits, <laughs> this oh, has been the start of your Jose to Celtic campaign, isn't it? Hell yeah! I'll be his right hand <laughs> man. All right, listen, we'll be back same time, same place next week on the Whistleblowers Podcast. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.